Welcome to the Liberty Leadership in Lies with Larry Linton podcast. For those of you who are new listeners, this podcast will be about exactly what the title implies. We will discuss the state of liberty in our republic today and how it is being eroded by the very institution that was created by our founding fathers to protect it, which is the government that now hates us. We'll also discuss the many different types and styles of leadership that exist today, but more frequently we'll talk about how our republic is best served by true servant leadership in elected office. On the topic of lies, we will discuss the many pervasive lies that are told in society today, and not only by our government, but their willing partners in the news media, social media, and tech sectors. These lies, they're designed to rob us of our liberty and destroy our trust in and reliance on the founding principles of our nation and its constitution. I will also use a portion of each episode to discuss my election campaign to represent Tennessee's House of Representatives, District 12. And what I hope to accomplish with my campaign is just basically a couple of things. I want to bring to Nashville an example of what following an oath to the Constitution looks like. And this is based upon my 30 years of service to our nation in the United States Navy. Additionally, once I am in Nashville, I would like to restore the state's role as the creator of and the parent to the federal government. What a lot of people don't realize is that our federal government is not a party to our Constitution, but it is a product of the Constitution. And this Constitution is a charter between all of the states that empowers the federal government with certain and extremely limited powers, such as providing for the common defense and to regulate trade. We can also discuss any tactics or techniques the listeners may have in the fight to restore our nation's founding principles when engaging with what has apparently become the people's enemy over the course of generations now, and that is the government that, one, hates us, and two, only sees us as the means to obtain and maintain power. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. You can also subscribe to my blog there at the website. Additionally, even at the website, you can contribute to my campaign. You can find the podcast and the campaign on social media. Just search for Larry for TN12 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the campaign info and Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Lynn for the podcast social media pages. I'm also on Telegram as Liberty Leadership and Lies. I will be recording the show either from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee, or on remote locations where my consulting business or election campaign takes me. Welcome to another episode. This week's episode has been recorded in the Goat Locker Studio. Next week, I'll be coming to you from the Permian Basin. I have to tell you, the lovely and talented Denise, as well as me, we've been busy these past few days. Her with some remodeling in the living room, and let me tell you, the changes she made were awesome. But me, I've been working on some changes to the Goat Locker Studio. I had to rearrange some stuff to accommodate some upcoming campaign videos, as well as some podcast videos. I also had to take some campaign photos with my daughter Kaylee. She's also working on some great graphics. In fact, she will be soliciting input on some of the upcoming projects through the campaign's Facebook page. So if you aren't following the campaign or the podcast on Facebook, go ahead and do so. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the lies our Republican supermajority in the General Assembly has been telling us recently. Before we get too deep into the Nashville swamp, I want to put a word in for Tennessee Liberty Network. 
This is a wonderful organization of like-minded patriots all across our beautiful volunteer state. And like our state's nickname implies, these people volunteer their time and their effort in trying to hold elected officials across the state accountable to we the people. I'm extremely proud to say that I've had a small part in their efforts this past year, a much smaller role than many of these wonderful people that are being recognized for their tenacity in sifting through the government's many lies. Some of their best work has been in exposing the truth behind federal COVID money and the madness it has created with politicians and bureaucrats. These politicians and bureaucrats, the new aristocracy, they have set up an entire system for the erosion of people's liberty based upon the federal money and their addiction to it. In fact, this group put together a great white paper documenting the intricate web of deceit our elected representatives weaved in order to suckle at the teat of federal money. Money the federal government first took from us so that they can then use it against us, we the people. As we've discussed many times before, our own money now serves as the carrot and stick used by the government we elected to obtain compliance. All Tennessee residents should reach out to the Facebook group for more information. There will be some vetting to ensure you're not a communist infiltrator, but the information they have gathered is important to every liberty-loving citizen of our great state. Just search for the TN Liberty Network Facebook group. On this white paper... I've been studying it for the past couple of days, and let me tell you, it is impressive work, especially with regards to the ESSER money. But now let's get back to the General Assembly and their lies. And the focus today will be on illegal immigration. More specifically, the lies that made up the clown show that was titled Joint Study Committee on Refugee Issues. That was the committee formed by Lieutenant Governor McNally and Speaker Sexton last year on May 27th. The committee was tasked with investigating the federal government's immigration program within Tennessee. Notice the key word that was left out of that last sentence, left out of their title. It's a lie by omission. The federal government's immigration program? The committee should have been tasked with investigating the federal government's enabling and facilitating illegal immigration. Specifically, the transfer of illegal immigrants within the sovereign boundaries of the state of Tennessee. So I hope you all noticed that. The original order was about studying immigration, not illegal immigration. From the outset, based upon the statement of formation, critical thinking people knew that it was just going to be a dog and pony show, meant to appease the taxpayers, the people that are asleep at the wheel, prior to the upcoming election year. Some of the other items the committee was supposed to investigate were evaluating the number of migrant children being relocated permanently to Tennessee by the federal government and determining the number of migrant children being flown into Tennessee and subsequently relocated to other states by the federal government. They were also seeking to increase transparency from the federal government regarding its relocation of unaccompanied migrant children to and through Tennessee. And finally, they were looking at how to determine the impact, financial and otherwise, of the federal government's migrant relocation program on Tennesseans. We've discussed on this podcast in the past the cost of illegal immigration to the taxpaying citizens of Tennessee, as well as to every American citizen. Now, this committee was comprised of the following elected members of the House of Representatives. Representative Dan Howell, who served as the co-chair. He is out of Cleveland, Tennessee. 
in House District 22, which is made up of Meigs and Polk and part of Bradley County. The other co-chair was Senator Dawn White. She's out of Murfreesboro in Senate District 13, which is part of Rutherford County. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that these two co-chairs list their party affiliation as Republican. The list of members from the House of Representatives includes Scotty Campbell of House District 3, Bruce Griffey of House District 75. On a side note here, I have to say I have mixed emotions about Representative Griffey possibly leaving the General Assembly to seek elected office as a circuit judge. But either way, Bruce Griffey is a staunch defender of liberty and our constitutional republic. And I will continue to support his efforts no matter the arena he is fighting in. But anyway, back to the makeup of this joint commission. Other members of the House that served on the committee were Chris Todd of House District 73. Long-time listeners of this podcast may remember that Representative Todd got a little upset with me in my statements about following an oath. Well, back in May of last year, specifically on the 29th, he wrote me a response to my questioning his oath. It was kind of tiffy. But anyway, I reached back out to him on the 2nd of June and haven't heard anything from him since. Oh, well. The final member of the House was Representative Ryan Williams of House District 42. On the Senate side, some of these names should be quite familiar to my audience. They are Senator Richard Briggs from District 7. It's here in Knoxville. Remember him? He's the one that doesn't know the difference between a football game and worship services and which of those two gatherings are a constitutionally protected, self-evident, unalienable right. It also seems he forgot what an oath means after he retired from the U.S. Army. And next up is the podcast's favorite state senator, saying that sarcastically, of course, and that is Senator Todd Gardenhier. He represents the district down by Chattanooga that served as a host to the first reports of Biden's secret illegal immigrant flights into our state, as well as the center that was housing the unaccompanied alien children that served as a playhouse for child predators. He also likened the human trafficking coyotes south of our border that are using children to get drugs or whatever else across our border to Moses' mother, Jacobet. Other state Senate members included Ed Jackson of District 27 and Bo Watson of District 11. Every member of this committee lists the Republican Party as their political affiliation. Based upon their party affiliation, one would think this committee would actually accomplish something other than whining and issuing statements that are not worth the paper they are printed on. Paper and ink, by the way, that is paid for by you and I and every other taxpayer in Tennessee. The following statement comes right from the Republican Party of Tennessee's platform. Quote, We dedicated this platform with admiration and gratitude to all who stand strong in the face of danger so that the American people may be protected against it, the men and women of our military, of our law enforcement, and our first responders, of every community in our land and their families, unquote. Wow, seems like pretty bold words, right? The platform then goes on to state that they believe in the Constitution as our founding document, and that it was written not as a flexible document, but as their enduring covenant. There are also words in their platform that they believe in our constitutional system, which created federalism, and that it must be preserved uncompromised for future generations. Uncompromised is actually in there. Hmm. Granted, the document on the state's GOP website was written in 2016, and I would not doubt at all the fact that there is an updated platform out there. Based upon the party's unmitigated complacency here in the reliably red state of Tennessee, 
They don't update their website very often. But let's address the party's accessible platform document and compare it to the findings and recommendations of the Joint Committee. I do have to let everyone know that Representative Griffey has gone on record as stating that he did not help write the final recommendations and that he authored a separate statement containing his own recommendations, which you can find on his website. But that document that he released, it will also demonstrate the difference between walking the talk and just talking. So back to the Republican Party's published and accessible platform on the TNGOP.org website. In the subject titled A Rebirth of Constitutional Government, Some of the contradictions jump out of the document at you. Right off the bat, it states, we the people. We are the party of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Well, one only has to look at Governor Lee's unconstitutional mandates during the pandemic and his subsequent executive orders, as well as our General Assembly sitting idly by while judges legislate from the bench. Doesn't sound like the party of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution to me, but we're going to stick with the Joint Committee report here. During the committee's first meeting on June 18th of last year, they accomplished much of what you would expect them to accomplish, which was not much of anything. Some opening statements by both of the co-chairs and a bit of testimony, a testimony provided by Jamie Shanks from the Office of Legal Services, much of which was designed to show, based upon federal law, how each state's hands were tied in this situation. Really? Just another example of how this state and every other state has abdicated its responsibility to keep the federal government in check. That is exactly how our federal constitution is designed. Remember, the U.S. Constitution is an agreement between the states to create a federal government, a central government with extremely limited powers. So the Republicans on this committee, as well as the attorney representing the Office of Legal Services for the General Assembly, Now, truth be told, I don't know if Ms. Jamie Shanks is a Republican or a communist, but she is an attorney that should have a passing knowledge of the Constitution. None of these people seem to be part of a political party that claims it is the party of the Declaration of Independence and the party of the Constitution. Yeah, let's get back to that Republican Party platform. It further states that it reaffirms the Constitution's principles of limited government, separation of powers, individual liberty, and the rule of law. When the federal government is breaking its own laws, as well as encroaching upon the liberties of U.S. citizens, and more specifically citizens of this state, Tennessee, one would think the members of the Tennessee Republican Party, based upon its own bylaws and publicly stated platform, would do whatever is necessary to enforce the rule of law as well as protecting the citizens. Do you think this joint committee, comprised only of Republicans, would or did do that? We'll see as we get deeper into that final report. Further down in the party's platform document, it discusses they are the party of ensuring the protection of the citizens' Fifth Amendment rights under the Constitution. Well, part of that amendment states, in discussing individual rights, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Isn't that the very thing that is happening when the federal government is facilitating the relocation of illegal aliens into our communities, our liberty in the form of our sweat equity, and using our infrastructure such as roads, hospitals, etc., built with our sweat equity, 
using employees and contractors paid with our sweat equity? These Republican committee members sure aren't working hard at that, are they? Then we get to the key, in my opinion, component of the Republican Party's platform statement when it discusses the 10th Amendment to the Constitution. It states that federalism is the foundation of personal liberty. Now, I'm quoting right from the document, Every violation of state sovereignty by federal officials is not merely a transgression of one unit of government against another. It is assault on the liberties of individual Americans. Now, how can they put this down on paper, ensuring that members seeking elected office as a member of the Republican Party and yet stand by when the federal government routinely violates that amendment? Well, not exactly stand by, and we'll get into that a bit later. But what they did is akin to an old phrase we used in the Navy. They are just pissing up a rope. Which means to do something totally futile or pointless. To waste one's time doing something that will not come to pass. Now, if the effort is valiant, more than just words, I could understand. In the case of elected officials, it isn't just pissing up a rope. It's lying. It's going through the motions just to be seen going through the motions especially knowing that they, these elected officials, will do exactly nothing when it comes to the oaths they say and the political party platforms they say they support. Wow, I'm just getting worked up again, which is something I'm prone to do when I'm lied to. And the end result is the erosion of my liberty and the liberties of my fellow Americans. But let's continue on with the Joint Committee's so-called work on refugee issues. Again, having that word in the title of the committee, Let's everybody know that whatever work it will do will be just another set of artful lies by the political class. Let's move on to the committee's second meeting, which happened on July 13th of last year. Tennessee's senior U.S. Senator, Marsha Blackburn, gave remarks at this meeting. While there, she spoke about legislation that she and Senator Haggerty introduced in the U.S. Senate. The bill, filed as Senate Bill 1865, is supposed to bring about transparency with the Biden administration's actions with the illegal aliens being transported all over the country. It would require the federal government to communicate with the state, receive permission from the state, and notify the state if the communists move migrant children into the state. Once again, avoiding the word illegal in the language posted in the committee's final report. It's also excluded in the language of the federal bill. Why? We all know the why because they are afraid of the woke mob. Beware the woke mob. Anyway, the senators and Congressman Fleischman of Tennessee's 3rd Congressional District have all written letters to agencies of the federal government in their attempts to get information on how the transportation of refugees is being facilitated here in our state. That, too, is just another example of pissing up a rope or lying because they're going through the motions just to go through the motions. Action taken that these politicians know for certain will not produce a result. Do you know why they know? Because they failed in their oaths and their duty to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America on January 6th, 2021. This despite the pledge from Senator Blackburn to vote against the results of the 2020 presidential election. Swamp creature. And that's just another reminder that Republicans, most of them anyway, And all Democrats are just two sides of the same coin. They will tell any lie necessary to further their political career. In not following through on January 6, 2021, she participated in the takeover of the legislative and executive branches of government by the cheating communists, 
Her facilitation of that effort ensures that any serious legislation regarding illegal immigration is doomed from the outset. And she knows that. So, her and the rest of her ilk can say they are proposing all types of legislation meant to hold the sniffer in chief accountable, knowing full well it will not go anywhere. All of it just posturing for votes. Posturing to stay in positions of power and influence. Moving on with the July 13th meeting, I Brent Easley, Governor Lee's Director of Legislation, just how many people are on the state's payroll anyway, especially people that do not accomplish much except to roll over in the face of federal government and forget about the Republican Party's platform items that I mentioned earlier. Hmm. Mr. Easley stated this issue is managed and determined by the federal government and the state has little authority in this area. Another person that doesn't know the Constitution. Then a Mr. Brandon Gibson, the governor's chief operating officer, gave some testimony. Of course, he would not be a government official if he did not start off by lying. In his testimony, he stated that Governor Lee's office was alerted about overnight flights of children into the Chattanooga area on May 20th or 21st, which is absolutely not true. I contacted the governor's office on the 9th of April about these reports. Either the governor and his office lied, or he and his office have me on auto-delete when emails are received. I'm quite sure, though, that I am not the only one who was contacting the governor in April about the flights of illegal immigrant children that were landing in our state in the middle of the night. Mr. Gibson further stated that law enforcement agencies also had received calls about these flights and that they had reached out to the commies in D.C. about them. Of course, they didn't receive any response. Totalitarian regimes do not feel that they have to answer the concerns of people in flyover Tennessee. Another one of the reasons that these commies feel that they do not have to answer is because they know that they have a bunch of rollover Republicans, trans-publicans, running things here in Tennessee. On May 21st, gee, isn't that date a coincidence? May 21st, Peppermint Patty at the White House acknowledged they were transporting what her and the rest of the communists euphemistically call unaccompanied children through, not to, Tennessee. But they're doing it because of its geographically central location in the country, she said. Smoke and mirrors. Through, not to. Peppermint Patty makes the admission on or about the same day the governor reports first hearing about this happening in Tennessee. I hope you are all starting to see how easily our government lies to us, and not just the federal government. Our state's elected leaders. It's as easy to them as breathing. Further along in Mr. Gibson's testimony is another telling bit of information. After federal officials forwarded some policies to Mr. Gibson, he asked them why local law enforcement is not notified about an unaccompanied child when they're released in their district. Are you ready for the answer? Here it comes. The feds reported that states are not notified when an unaccompanied child, illegal immigrant, is released, and they do this to protect the confidentiality of the child. States are not notified when they are released to a sponsor within the state. Why do you think that is? Of course, it's because the sponsor is here illegally too. The committee held a couple of more meetings concluding their work this past November. You want to know what the end result of their work was? Well, just more bleedings from the sheep our General Assembly has allowed themselves to be turned into by generations of federal overreach. It is pathetic that every state in our glorious republic has been reduced to 50 Oliver Twists 
asking Uncle Sam, Please, sir, may I have some more? They have allowed the federal government to reverse its intended role, and they will continue to do so as long as there exists federal funding that first comes from the sweat equity of the citizens. Anyway, here are some of the committee's recommendations. They want to issue a resolution calling upon the federal government to seek approval from the state prior to the location of unaccompanied children within our state's borders. There's that unaccompanied children again. Well, they just come out and say, illegal immigrants. And you think the federal government's going to listen to them? They also express support for the Migrant Resettlement Transparency Act introduced by Senator Blackburn and Senator Haggerty. Migrant Resettlement Transparency. Why don't they just call it what it is, people? It's illegal immigrants. They also made some recommendations for changes in the licensing criteria for the facilities and entities that engage in housing illegal immigrant children. But anyway, this whole committee's report, it's all talk, no action. I'm also sure there were additional costs associated with the work, if you want to call it that, this committee did since its formation that wasn't budgeted for. More taxpayer money for the typical activity of our elected officials. That's our sweat equity at work, ladies and gentlemen. In modern America, there is nothing so well designed to squeeze money out of our pockets to waste than the government we apathetically elected. Again, as we close the show every week, we do so with something from God's Word. This week it comes to us from Psalm 5-9. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they tell lies. When people that serve an elected office to be a servant leader and to represent their constituents' interests and they end up lying to those very same people, what other conclusion can we come to other than their heart is filled with malice towards us? I often state on this program and post on social media the hashtag, Our Government Hates Us. Why else would they lie to us? Why else would they make campaign promises only to break them and giving us very poor excuses on why they broke those promises? Well, I can promise you this. Once elected to represent my neighbors here in Tennessee's House of Representatives District 12, I will not lie to you because you know what? Sometimes the truth is painful and it may hurt feelings, but it is always better than the alternative. I will not make a campaign promise that I will not do my best to fulfill. I will also point out those people in the General Assembly that stand in the way of the people's liberty. We all, you and I, and the people that serve in elected office need to be reminded of this daily. And it comes to us from our beloved state constitution, Article 1, Declaration of Rights, Section 1, that all power is inherent in the people and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their peace, safety, and happiness. And from Section 2, that government being instituted for the common benefit, the doctrine of non-resistance against arbitrary power and oppression is absurd, slavish, and destructive of the good and happiness of mankind. All of that, every one of those members in the Joint Committee violated. Every liberty-loving citizen of our great state must resist the arbitrary power and oppression that our state and federal government has been engaging in for generations now. As I mentioned at the outset of this episode, please follow the campaign and podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Telegram. Also, 
please, please, please share those social media sites with all of your family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.